The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Exciting of all the Planet of the Apes pictures. Climaxed by the spectacular Revolt of the Apes. The most awesome, the most horrifying spectacle in the annals of science fiction. First pampered as pets, then abused as servants, now oppressed as slaves. Security forces, police, militia, and reserve defense units. See that every entrance into the city is cordoned off immediately. Yes, sir. Our control methods to include the use of tear gas and sedation dunks. There will be but one control method. Shoot to cure. Ready! ultimate revolution. There is fire, there is smoke. And in that smoke, from this day forward, my people will plot and plan for the inevitable day of man's downfall. And that day is upon you now! All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast and the Evil Never Dies collaboration, the Planet of the Apes series. Mm -hmm. I'm co-host Jimbo. And I'm co-host Kyle. And I'm Brett from the Evil Never Dies podcast. And we have Mr. Ape Man himself, Brett, in the house. Easy Ape, easy man. Um, Yes. I can't believe we are already on uh, movie number four. Right? Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And um I'll, I'll I'll reserve my judgment till the end of this episode. 
Um, but we've had a little bit of malfunctions trying to get this going. So I'm not going to throw a question or anything this time. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it, Kyle. Okay. Planet of the Apes released on. Uh, da, 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 da. See what kind of facts I got here. 19, released in 1972. Um in a futuristic world that has embraced ape slavery, Caesar, the son of the last simians, and Cornelius and Zira, surfaces after almost 20 years of hiding out from the authorities and prepare for the slave revolt against humanity. Directed by J. Lee Thompson. Writers include Paul Den and Perry Bo, and starring Robert McDowell, Don Murray, and Ricardo Montalbain. Quick little de- technical details of the film. This film is blah, 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 blah. Uh, a full release date is June 30th, 1972. So we're actually almost exactly uh, 50 years, uh, 30, 50, yeah, almost exactly 51 years since the release, actually. Um, 51 years in a month, I guess. Yeah, so that's an interesting little timeline there. Budget for the film was an estimated $1.7 million. I don't have inflation this week for you guys. Um, gross worldwide, though, it made an astounding $9.1 million. So huge earnings on that front. This has a runtime of one hour and 28 minutes. It's a color film. Sound mix was done by Dolby Digital and has an aspect ratio of 2.39 by 1. That's the technical details of the film. Um, do we hand the full cast list to um, Brett or do we hand it to me? I can go through it if you want. Brett, are you ready for the cast? Uh, no, go ahead, Kyle. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. so. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, in this case, I don't, I'm not going to have the, um, the movie. That's not uh, my job. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I, I, uh, I, for listeners at home, I had a power outage before um, we started recording, which is incredibly convenient, as always. And only so, in his room. <laughs> it, it's a bad switch. That's all it is. That's why. That's what. That's what. That my, uh, my brother, step, yeah, step brother told me. Step brother came over because he helped um, build some auditions onto this house that live, my live in, and uh, so he, he showed me like this is the problem with the switch right here. That's what's causing your issues, and hopefully we can get it fixed tomorrow. But. Regardless, I'm up and running right now. <laughs> um, so I didn't, get, I didn't get a chance to go through the cast list. I like, wanted to for the last two hours to get ready because everything <laughs> last minute for Kyle. Um, but anyways, we have Roddy McDowell playing the role of Caesar. The, the, basically the titular character in that, well, not titular, you know, the, the, the main character. Then we have other characters here. Ricardo Montalbain playing Armando. Harry Rhodes playing McDonald. Lou Wagner playing the busboy. Azar Maynard playing Mrs. Riley. Don Murray playing Breck, Natalie Trundy playing Lisa, Severn Darden playing Culp, John Randolph playing Commission Chairman, H.M. Wynant playing Hoskins, Buck Carlin playing Frank, the gorilla, uh, John Dennis playing a policeman, Paul Comey playing the second policeman, Gordon Jump playing an auctioneer, and Dick Spangler playing the announcer. And that's the, uh, oh, what's yours? I have Jess, Joyce Haber playing Zelda. <laughs> One of those characters there. So some of the apes as well. So that's the cast list I have for Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Um, story details. That I can pass off to Brett because that's Brett's job. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, Brett. Let's go ahead and start talking about this movie. All <laughs> right. This amazing plot you set us forth on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Basically, uh, this takes, takes place, of course, after uh, 1973 when... Zira and Cornelius landed and were murdered. Yes, this is the near future of 1990. You know what? You know what threw me off is at the very beginning of the movie it says 1991. I was like, oh, <laughs> the distant future. <laughs> well, what happens is in 1983, I guess they brought back from space a space-borne disease that wiped out all the dogs and cats on in the whole world. Mm-hmm. 
So they turned to apes as pets and basically slaves. And uh, the government turned into like a police state. Didn't yes, it? out of fear that the actual apes will start an uprising, I guess. Like, that seems to be the whole a society built on fear for the most part. You know, when he uses apes as slaves to build them prosperity and lives, and also they fear the revolt, so they have a fascist state to control everyone, even human supervisors, and also the apes themselves. Well, you, you know. got to remember, they're still worried about the child of Cornelius and Zira because that was the prophecy, if you will, that the ape was going to rise up and revolt against mankind, and they would uh, roll over man. So yeah. that that what's his name? The main guy, the the governor or whatever he is. Um, he's, 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 he's bound to determine to find that ape. I believe that's, uh, uh, Breck is the character. That is the main guy who is, uh, the, um, antagonist of this film. Governor Breck. Yeah. Governor Breck. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll fast forward to 1991. Armando brings Caesar because Caesar has been raised in the circus his whole life. And, uh, he's full grown now and he's in the circus as a horseback rider, like a trick horseback rider. I have a question, Brett. Real okay. quick. Do you remember, um, this was brought up in my notes later, but this is a good uh, point to interject this in the original, um, in the movie before this, where he's born, do you remember his name? It wasn't Caesar. Oh, no, I don't. It was Milo. My, oh, the other right. yes. Milo. Right. So, um there there was some uh, thing in here about um do you think that uh Ricardo Montalbán uh Armando or whatever do you think he changed his name to Cornelius to uh help keep him safe I was trying to find the actual um the actual note that I had well, I would assume he would have taken the um the name of the ape, the ape that actually the the baby ape that died in the last film. I would assume he would have taken over his name for the record keeping in that case. Because right, so they, they had the birth record. The, baby's name, the baby's name wasn't Caesar, though. Yeah, they, no, no, in this film though, Caesar chooses his own name the, out of the, the other the 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 his, other baby that got killed in the in the previous movie got killed, but in this film, Caesar chooses the real chimpanzee. The real champ chimpanzee, not the talking chimpanzee. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to it when I find it in the notes. I just can't find it at this exact second. So uh, when I get to it, we'll, we'll we'll discuss a little bit further. And it has some more detail in there. So I just didn't know if you remembered his name was Milo. Yes, his name. Yes, his original name is Milo. Yeah, and I don't know what. Uh, yeah, his what his parents officially named him though. There. Yeah. Oh. All right. So anyway, Armando Circus comes to town, and they're distributing flyers all throughout the city and. Uh, they come up to a gorilla being beat down, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Caesar shouts out, "Lousy human bastards!" <laughs> and, and immediately, <laughs> immediately, some of them guards come over and like, "Who said that?" And they were like, "They actually was thinking it was Caesar saying it." And then yeah. he had to say, uh, Armando, Armando like, no, yeah, no, he, had, he had to say, oh, I said it. <laughs> yeah. Armando has a claim responsibility for saying it. They tell him and, to uh, say it. He goes to say, it. they said, shout it. And he says, they're like, 
well, it could be. <laughs> and then the one A makes a break for it, you know. So uh, yeah. he comes with the Sunday takeaway. But as as they were talking, you've seen Caesar slink back into the crowd to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then as they get away, they before that, he told him if he had any problem, meet me back here. So he met him back there and he told him to go um, mix with the regular, with the other apes so he'd be safe. And uh, he ends up getting in, Caesar ends up getting in a cage with a bunch of orangutans. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how they find out that. Uh, yeah, later that discrepancy is what is revealed to know that um, Caesar has been, you know, found and uh, that well, Armando's gorilla has been found there. Um, but yeah, but that's where we go to the next scene where Caesar then arrives at the internment facility or the training facility for um, the, 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 you know, the treatment to learn how to be a slave, basically. Yeah, we but, go- what, but what we're missing is Armando, they told Armando, you're not leaving. Yeah. So they're interrogating because they, they question him about Cornelius and Zara um, from the previous movie and their baby. He's like, do you know these, these apes? He's like, no, only what you've told me. Lying yes. through his teeth. <laughs> yeah, they clearly snuck Armando is hiding something, and indeed that he would have the possibility of having uh uh of having you know the real talking ape that they're also afraid of. So they keep him in custody for what likely seems to be days, if not weeks, possibly, I guess. I actually don't have a firm timeline what the, what the timeline of this film really is. I don't think it was that long. Uh I think it was only a day or two because if you if you uh, go through the progression of um, them training Cornelius. I'm not Cornelius, but that's the guy that played Cornelius. But uh, Caesar, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they they say, you know, we we put him through the training, and he's pretty much well adapted to humans already. He doesn't need much training. Which that right there should have been a flag to anybody that was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, like at Max, like to the point where Armando is uh, meets his end later in the film. I think it's like Max, like probably like two weeks, maybe or a few days at the, you know top, and a few days minimum for him to be there. Probably you know, my guess is three days minimum, two days max, two weeks max. You know, kind of around there that timeline for him. What was what was the purpose of the flamethrower? <laughs> I just to just yeah, to cut them two flames so they'd be okay. Oh, the, when they're the training them, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> just like probably uh, better ways to do that. I, I think yeah, like, I was like, like a candle <laughs> and be all right, but a flamethrower is certainly a way to get you immediately out there, <laughs> right? But <laughs> yeah, you know, those bonsai restaurants where the servers are doing the volcanoes like that. We got to get them ready for flames now, okay? <laughs> but you know, uh, Caesar's been captured, or well, he's trying to mingle in and. And he sees all this torture going on of where, you know, they want them to wash their hands just right and throw yeah. their thing away, uh, their paper towel. Um, they, they, they've got them segregated uh, kind of like in the other movies between chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutan, whatever. And did you notice the different color outfits too? Yep. Kind of like gorillas were red. Um, chimpanzees were uh, green, weren't they? pretty sure yeah i forget what the orangutans were you didn't really see too many orangutans or whatever though just uh, i think just like zelda uh, you know i think she might have been the only one yeah yeah there definitely seems to be i i, I, I i'm not gonna say it's being necessarily done well but they're definitely kind of channeling imagery from uh from like holocaust to a degree as well um you know put the stars on this person here for example black people here's what we do for these people in terms of like distinguishing them in particular groups you know by their race in this case with the gorillas having the orangutans and different kind of races there too so that's kind of their their cultural mirroring i guess they're trying to do there as they're like hey just you know we're the bad guys in this movie <laughs> and uh 
Um, so I think that's a it's a interesting touch. You know, I, I don't know if the story actually kind of meets those kind of serious demands, but they definitely go for it. You know, in a way I kind of appreciate. All right, Brad. So we got Cornelius in this training center. So yeah. after that, they they're grilling Armando, that inspector cult. He's grilling him so bad that he can't take it no more. Trying to find out if that's the talking ape or not. Mm-hmm. He says, heck with it and jumps out the window and commits suicide. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> that was the worst window breaking I've ever seen. <laughs> the least convincing suicide ever. <laughs> yes, yeah. for sure. So yeah. uh, the Cornelius, since he's done our C- Caesar. Cornelius Caesar, Caesar, since he's done so well, he's, he's now going so well that he's going up on the auction block. Yeah. Yes people bid on the specimens of the highest quality and they get the most money back to the government for him. And I they start off with $800 bid for uh, Caesar. And, you know, do I hear 800? They go to 850. And then finally the governor Beck or Brick or whatever, Brett, we'll call Brett, him governor. Brett, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, he's, Brett. Uh, he's like, fine. And he's like $1,500. So they sell it. They sell him right away to the governor. So yeah, governor's yeah. got a little bit of suspicions going on. Yeah. And when they set up uh, uh, something about his assistant, Mr. McDonald, who's um, who, like very pointedly played by a black character, Harry wrote played by black actor, Harry Rhodes um, is um, clearly in its earlier scenes shown to be sympathetic to apes and their plight. Um, and they kind of relate to him as well. It's kind of like pointing paperwork about like how like, oh, OK, their, their violence is up. And it's like, oh, that's because you're pushing them in this particular way. Actually, they're showing their intelligence going rise and actually they're going you know, better and better and better. So Harry Rhodes is kind of like a, a champion for the gorillas, if you will. Uh, in terms of uh, what he kind of believes their of their social rights should be, and uh, Governor Breck is definitely on the the uh, the more fascist sides of it at all. Of like, you must keep the ape down, otherwise he will take over the world and you know do to us what we've done to them, which is so clearly wrong. <laughs> you know, without an ounce of uh, self awareness there. Yeah, so that's kind of McDonald's character being set up for the future of the story, where they're going to be tied together going forward here. Um, let's see here, but uh, yeah, after um, uh, after Mr. McDonald, uh, after Governor Breck and Mr. McDonald, you know, by um, at this point, he's still his name is still Milo. They get they allowed to ape to choose his own name, where he kicks a book and he opens a dictionary and he, he points pointedly at Caesar being his name as a name of a leader and name of a you know, and even then, as being um, Governor Breck's ape, it seems to give him some measure of privilege in the ape society as well. It seems to gallop him to kind of get the organization going. I have a question. Did yeah. did Armando call him Caesar at any point at the beginning of this movie? I think he did no. when they when I they I, I think when they were in when he was telling him he told him Caesar you got to you, know, you got to walk like this with your yeah. shoulders down because at the beginning when they got off the the yeah, helicopter people. I'm not sure but I thought he, his name was already Caesar so I I could be wrong I I must be getting yeah yeah I, yeah I I, I gosh no, but <laughs> I, I do remember last night the book. <laughs> And I just don't know if he just picked that name because that's his name. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so it's a proper name for him to choose, and and you know, kind of you know, immediately show like you know, as you like to, you know, Julius Caesar, ruler of ruler of Rome, kind of a situation there. Immediately puts his place in authority, and uh, probably causes some unease for Governor Breck in that case too. Um, so what happened mm-hmm. after that? So um, McDo- I, I, the McDonald helps Caesar escape. But then they catch him right away. And, well, no, uh, before that though, um, that's where after um after Caesar gets a gets gets bought, 
he then learns of his father's apparent death yeah. and that's when he begins plight begins um, planning his um later rebellion and begins organizing apes to bring him weapons and gunpowder and bring him receipts so he can order more barrels of kerosene and things like that but you gotta you guys are missing one important key element what's that the lady Oh, that's right, Lisa. Uh, Lisa, they brought the they brought her in, and they, they took Cornelius with Cornelius Caesar with her. If you remember earlier in the epi- or movie, um, when they go to that bookstore or whatever, um, she's in there with yeah. her, and you know she kind of Lisa home. <laughs> that's all I heard for this home, and no, that's that's what you can take away from this movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so now he's kind of got like a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of a, a love interest. A female he cares about. And also it's clear that you know, Lisa's not talking to other apes, talking still until what, the very end of the film. But it's clear Lisa is uh, a degree more intelligent than the other apes around her as well. She's clearly above the herd. And also has some of the most comedic eye play in the film when they're selected to mate with each other ever. <laughs> it's just so funny. He it's gets like that little fluttered eyes and then he's just like, little no, shucks, they forced me to do this. I guess I bet. <laughs> he's like, I'm going in. <laughs> Very on the nose. Clearly going for a laugh for the audience at the time and now it's just kind of weird. <laughs> um, but still funny. Yeah, but <laughs> Different vibes from different times. <laughs> so right there, at that point in the movie, is where I was re-watching it today on the way home, and that's where it stopped, or when I had to stop. So the rest of this movie, I'm going to be drawing a blank for a lot of it because it's been – we tried to record this last month. Something happened, so it's been like two months since I actually watched this whole thing. Yeah. So we're getting some of our facts uh, constrained, uh, mis- mis- misspoke, misremembered. It's yeah. been a yeah, so, okay. I, I still I still remember enough of the plot to keep going for it. But anyways, like um, yeah. Um, anyways, Governor Breck is doing the investigations with Armando still trying to figure out who it is, and that's where they find the paperwork we mentioned earlier that says uh uh what Cor- Caesar's ape is it was in a wrong shipment with other apes that aren't actually needed to Africa. And so he realizes that oh, that must be the stowaway, that must be the true ape that we were also worried about, and they find out that actually it has to be Caesar. And so they call Mr. McDonald to um secure Caesar. Um, but uh, McDonald proceeds to take a long way around and um, plays dumb about where Caesar is, like he sent him on a message or something like that. Kyle, you we're losing you, losing your losing your sound, there, Kyle. You you went into the fifth dimension. (laughs) Yes, we can't hear you at all. (laughs) So anyway, Brad, we'll we'll continue on while Kyle's malfunctioning. All righty. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the the Governor Breck catches Caesar again and has his men torture him into speaking. Hello. Hello. So he finally finds that it is actually him, and then he orders Caesar to be killed. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Hey, uh, you're back. There we go. Sorry, I hit the back button. That's what I did, I think. Uh, so we're we're up to where uh, the governor has ordered Caesar to be killed. That's right. And during that situation, uh, uh, Mr. McDonald excuses. Well, they, they're going to kill him by electrocution in an electrical chair, basically like that. Um, kind of like there's a there's electric shock therapy machines they used back in the seventies and sixties. Well, I think back in the sixties, I believe. Yeah, that's um, how they got. That's be- how they got him to talk at first, though. That's right. They got him to talk. Um, 
And yeah, they get him to talk and verify that he is indeed that ape that they should all be so afraid of. And Mr. McDonald excuses himself and then, without telling anyone else, turns off the breaker to the electric chair and that allowing Caesar to live. And then, but how good was Caesar that? <laughs> yeah. He caught on a field, too. Very, very, very shocking. <laughs> oh, shocking. <laughs> um, and then proceeds to play dead effectively. Um, and uh, okay, so and then after that, uh, see, they they verify he's dead. Um, they leave him and they send someone else to basically dispose of his remains. And then he springs to life. And I believe he kills that person immediately, too, correctly. Yep. Uh, and then he begins the, the uprising. Um, yeah, um, he kills the handler in the vault, and within hours, the city is in flames. The police and military have been called in, and they're immediately beaten down by the apes because they have, you know, barrels of kerosene and picks and other manner of which to fight back. You know, like the police are essentially preparing for a riot, and the apes are prepared for a war. Yeah, they, they, have they no they, idea what's coming. Um, Caesar had been planning this for a while now. Um, you know, doubling their efforts, getting all the extra uh, stuff they needed, even like the uh. What was the one guy that was the cook, the the chimpanzee that was the cook Game or whatever? Or something. <laughs> yeah, I remember oh. when he catches the thing on fire or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> very um, good, very good. But, but, you know, when McDonald tells them uh, to shoot them, basically they just open fire. It's It, it gets pretty bloody and pretty violent real it's quick. Brutal. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they had all kinds of weapons. They ended up having guns and the whole bit. Nets, and cleavers, and <laughs> everything. Lions, tigers, bears, <laughs> and oh apes. <laughs> so, um, as we're coming down to the end of this movie, basically, um, the governor—I call him the governor—I don't really know if he was a governor, but um, basically, he's confronted right there with Caesar um, on the steps, and you know, Caesar gives that speech. It's an awesome speech, yeah, and um. He's getting ready to kill him, and you hear, what, Brett? What? What do you hear? Why does the Caesar not kill him? Do you know? No. You forgot? (laughs) I forgot. Because another ape speaks. No. Yeah. And he looks at him, and then he finishes his speech or whatever. And... um. That's pretty much where the movie ends, according if I remember right. Yeah. And like you know, I think it like zooms in on Caesar or yeah, Caesar, and the apes. Basically, the prophecy has come true. The apes have overthrown mankind, yeah. and they're up for the uprising. So, uh, let's go ahead and dive into this, a little bit of trivia. There's not much, um, so we'll talk. Yeah, it was actually it was actually the Lisa that said no. Yeah, it was Lisa who said no, yeah, Lisa, and yeah. that convinced Caesar not to condemn all of humanity. Because right. uh, he was like the um, I, gosh, I forgot his name already. The, the assistant, uh, the assistant character, uh, McDonald. He he was the one arguing with him, be like, "Hey, you can't do this." But he's unconvinced by McDonald's plight, and uh, in the in the Breck is also just completely evil. And that's the point where it's like, if you kill Breck, then you're damning yourself to like be the be the, the evil that humanity believes the apes are. And so this is the point where you know they, the film ends on like a hopeful nut to some degree that Caesar will be a better ruler than humanity ever was and not to condemn us all for our sins against all eight kind you know so, so uh it's a little bit of trivia this marked natalie trundy's first appearance in ape makeup and her previous appearances in the series she appeared as a human one was a mutant if you remember 
the jumpsuits that were worn by the apes to save the cost of fake fur for the crowd of ape extras were leftover costumes from the 1964 to 1968 Fox TV series Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. The mm-hmm. ape management men's insignia patches and computer and electronic cabinets all came from the Irwin Allen series, The Time Tunnel. The large set that compromised ape management center where the apes are processed and trained to become docile servants is a redressed set of Adam Matthews office and the Trident control complex from city beneath the sea. Governor Breck's ape auction throne was first used in Taylor's spaceship and planet of the apes. Uh, The same style chair is also used by passengers on the space uh, plane in land of the giants. Hmm. And the same chairs were used in the uh, earth force spaceships in the TV series, Babylon five. Hmm. Um, the majority of the outdoor scenes were shot in and around the University of California, the Irvine campus, which was designed by futurist architect William L. Pereira and was only six years old at the time of filming. Much of the production centered around the social science complex, which was designed by A.C. Martin and Associates and was still under construction during filming. Careful use of camera angles and editing made a handful of buildings exteriors feel more like action spread across an entire city. Uh, this is the only film from the original Planet of the Apes series of five that was not rated G and the only entry released without a pre-title sequence. Reason, the opening was deemed too violent and the producers wanted to avoid an R rating. The opening showed police on night patrol shooting an escaped ape and discovering his body covered with welts and bruises that are evidence of severe abuse. Governor Breck and McDonald referred to this incident in a scene that survived the final cut. That and many other bloody images were deleted after a pre-release print was shown to a preview audience. The opening scene appears in a novelization in the comic book adaptation of the movie. On November 2008, the Blu-ray unrated version restored many of these graphic scenes, but not the pre-credit opening. After the film was re-edited, some shots from the deleted opening were used in a later scene added that has Caesar capture at night, probably the reason the opening was never resurrected on the disc. Hmm. Interesting. Um, of all the Planet of the Apes films, including the revivals, this one had the smallest production budget. I actually have the, I have the inflation calculation for you right here, actually. Uh, for a budget of $1.7 million at the time, that'd be roughly $12.4 million today. So, yeah, incredibly modest budget right. um, by film standards. Uh, Zelda, the female orangutan, is the only female ape in any Planet of the Apes movie or TV show who is not a chimpanzee. Hmm. That's really cool. Uh, in the film set in 1991, the apes were enslaved after a plague, which uh, Brett talked about, came back and wiped away all the uh, dogs and cats. Um, in 1978, six years after this film's release, there was a worldwide pandemic of canine papillomavirus, a disease not known until then that killed several thousand dogs. Wow. Jeez. That's uh, the script opened with the fugitive ape being shot by the police. As they walked uh, to it, the body would be revealed to covered in open wounds and scars, showing the horrible living condition of the slave apes. This was cut again for being too gruesome. An original script draft showed more of the rapid evolution of the apes from primitive to intelligent and showed the progression of apes from pets to slaves. Uh, the only one of the original five films to be shot in Todd-AO335. All the others were filmed in Panavision. Like I was telling Brett earlier, the way this was shot kind of made me almost dizzy. Uh, yeah. It was weird. Like, you could tell the distress. Lots of motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, J. Lee Thompson was supposed to have directed the first Planet of the Apes movie, but it was unavailable. Consequently, he was handed the last two films in the series. Uh, this film takes place 18 years after the events of Escape from Planet of the Apes. All five original Planet of the Apes movies were number one at the U.S. box office when released. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes spent one week as the number one top grossing film. The week of July 2nd, 1972, it made $4,395,549. Wow. Uh, the only one of the original five Planet of the Apes movies not to have a chimpanzee character named Cornelius, although the character from the previous films is mentioned in this. Ricardo Montalban, who played Armando, and John Randolph, who played commission, uh, the commission chairman, are the only actors to reprise their roles from Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Culp is the only villain other than Dr. Zayas to appear in more than one film in the series. What was Culp in? Is he in the next one? Yes, he's in the next one. It's been a minute since I see. So is McDonald, the guy that plays McDonald. He's in the next one also. Uh, the chimpanzee oh, cook is played by Lou Wagner, who had portrayed Lucius in the original Planet of the Apes. When he is adding kerosene to a frying pan over a flame, it ignites in flames as he pulls it back off the flame. The flames can be seen going over his hands, most likely his stunt doubles, and up around his head. Uh, director Jay Lee Thompson tried to frame every shot as wide as possible and use strong primary colors of black and red during the revolt to conceal subpar ape makeup and make it appear as though an army of hundreds were clashing throughout the city when actually only dozens of extras were used over a few blocks. Huh. Uh, Roddy McDowell, who played Caesar, uh, as we mentioned, I believe, before in one of our episodes, uh, he previously played Octavian uh, Augustus Caesar in Cleopatra. Uh, the franchise reboot, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, is largely a remake of this movie. And to promote <laughs> to promote this movie, 20th Century Fox arranged a bizarre publicity stunt, a contest held in Century City to find Miss Beautiful Ape from among five young women wearing ape masks. The master of ceremonies for the contest was Gary Owens. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's an interesting choice of the time. <laughs> Uh, and so, the were they in a, so were they in a bikini and had an <laughs> ape mask on or what? They just had hair all over their body, Brett. Uh, in the previous film, here's what we were talking about earlier. Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Zira and Cornelius named their son Milo. However, in the start of the film, Armando calls him Caesar, which contradicts it and is therefore probably a mistake. Furthermore, the name of the ape Milo is swapped for the near the end of the escape is Salome. So either Armando changed his name he is not the same ape, or it's a mistake. No, Salome has been shot dead. Armando has adopted Zira's child, who had impersonated as Salome, the child of Heloise, at the end of the previous film. Milo had been the name of one of the Aponauts, which Zira had named her infant. The name would have aroused uh, suspicion, so Armando renamed him Caesar. Mm -hmm. okay. That yeah. makes sense. Good. The is slave named Frank is played by Buck Cartelon, uh, who portrayed the jailer Julius on Planet of the Apes in 1968. Of uh, the cast includes both Roddy McDowell and Paul Comey, who had co-starred as Earth astronauts who land on Mars in the 1960 episode of the original version of The Twilight Zone, titled People Are Alike All Over. Hmm. Although it is McDowell's character Cornelius from the preceding Apes film, along with Kim Hunter's Dr. Zira and Salmino's Dr. Milo, portraying an astronaut, it could be argued Roddy's character in this film, the son of Cornelius, may have also been considered an astronaut as he had been conceived before his parents' space flight. Hmm. His space suit was the womb. Uh, <laughs> that's a theory. Yeah. 
In several scenes during the revolution, you can see that a few of the rifles carried by the apes did not have ammunition magazines in them. This would make it impossible to fire their weapons, although the scene shows this being done. Uh, the orangutans can find within the cage that Caesar sneaks into, posing as wild chimpanzees, uh, possesses cheek flanges. The only time in any Planet of the Apes movie or TV series such features are seen until Tim Burton's film in 2001. Hmm. You know how many things have those cheek flanges? Which we're only a couple months away from now. <laughs> the uniform color for chimps is the same as the first two films, but the gorillas are changed from purple to red and orangutans from a dull orange to a bright yellow. The colors change back or forward, if you will, for the next film. And a couple of spoilers here. Uh, the second half of the final scene where Lisa begging Caesar to show mercy and him giving his equality speech was added after the film's completion. This is why the final shot is only of Caesar's eyes and is of a grainy quality. The shot was just a crop piece of footage from earlier in the film. Roddy McDowell was brought in uh, to read the final lines, which were then edited into place. Originally, the film ended on a darker note with the gorillas mercilessly beating Breck and the other human survivors to death with their rifle butts. Much of the same footage exists in both endings, but in the revised version film of the apes uh, raising the rifles and playing in reverse, so it appears they are lowering them, and the footage of the apes beating is cut to make it appear that they are cheering. Oh, so, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I can definitely see, like, I can definitely see, you know, cuts where they definitely use a darker ending makes a lot more sense. You know, right. I think in a reality, in a more realistic story, the darker, you know, ending there probably. Why they didn't? Sequels, baby. <laughs> we uh, want more money. Franchise, baby. Uh, the movie originally ended with Caesar's yell of that day is upon you now and the apes beating Governor Breck to death despite Mr. McDonald's plea. Poor testing resulted in the addition of Lisa yelling no, which was followed by repeated footage of Caesar's speech with added dialogue dubbed in by Roddy McDowell to give the film a more hopeful tone by making Caesar sympathetic and not a mass murderer. Uh, the film Conquest and the sequel Battle for the Planet of the Apes carefully edits Cornelius's comment to omit the name of Aldo and leave the implication that Caesar is the revolutionary leader. Battle includes a central character named Aldo, but that film is set after the ape revolution, and clearly that uh, uh, that Aldo is not the one Cornelius referred to that had been mentioned as being a chimpanzee in the previous film. And last but not least, on the screen, body count, 59, making this the most violent of the Planet of the Apes film series. Wow. Violent. So, Kyle, give us your thoughts on... Conquest of the Planet of the Ape, and where are you going? How many monkey paws are you going to give it out of ten? Monkey paws, monkey paws out of ten. Um, I'm going to give this probably. I don't know if I've been feeling more generous past few weeks or not, but I'm actually going to give this a seven out of ten monkey paws. Wow! Yeah, I overall I think I enjoy this film a fair amount. I think it's got um, enough levity in it to not feel too grim dark, and as well, the world building here is ambitious. Even if it doesn't really quite meet up to, um, I think it's ambition, but I can definitely see the intention there that I really appreciate. So overall, I think this film is pretty enjoyable. You know, it's one of the things where like it kind of uh, when you look at the original series as a whole, I think it elevates the entire original series a little bit more of these films. So I really appreciate that level. And it gets me excited for the next film, too, for the Battle of Planet of the Apes, which we're going to watch, you know, hopefully, hopefully next month, barring, you know, any, more <laughs> barring any power outages. Power outages and other kind of weird delays. Oh, what'd you say? A seven out of a ten there, Kyle? Yeah, Paul? seven out of ten there. Overall, I think this is a solid film. I because I, I had to watch it like six times, I think, over the past month and a half now. <laughs> so I, got, I got I got real used to it after. Okay, a while. well now let's go to a real fan of the Apes franchise and get Mister yeah. Brett. Okay, well 
Brad, give us your deducing reasoning of what you're going to rate it. This is the, to me, the out of the original five, this is the worst movie to me. I <laughs> haven't been a big fan of it since I seen it when I was a little kid. So I'm going to give it a five, I think, just because it's still an apes movie. So <laughs> uh, five, huh? Is it better or worse than the Mark Wahlberg remake that we're going to be doing here in a couple of episodes? Uh, or has it yeah. been a while to watch the, the Wahlberg? Yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of it either, but it's better than this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wow. So, so far, I think the one I like the least is the second one. I think I like that one the least of all of them so far. So, I don't like, see how that can change. I like dropping a nuclear bomb <laughs> of mutants. Uh, for me, um, I I love Roddy McDowell's acting. I think he's great. Um, to me, the way this was shot, I understand what he was trying to do by making it all chaotic and all that, but it was kind of making me sick. Um, yeah. You know, because the camera's tilted this way, or it's tilted this way, or it's above, it's below. Um, yeah, that's part of the part of the, my reasoning, also for sure. I, I, I like <laughs> I like how it fills in some of the. Uh, missing pieces from the previous films um you see what actually happened uh to caesar if you will and how um armando has been taking care of him this whole time and my thing is why would you go to the city there to uh, do a circus you know i mean did he think everybody was just gone and forgot about this prophecy that just about destroyed the world (laughs) you know a few years before this Yeah. Uh, Kyle, we're losing you again. Again? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so for me, I think I'll split it right between you guys. I'll give it a six out of ten. Um, just for Roddy McDowell's acting. I, I just I think he's great. Um, and again, it's an apes movie. It brings back a lot of childhood memories, some of the toys I had, um, you know, and it's just great. So um, if you want to follow us, we are the Tragedy Cinema Podcast on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Brett's the uh, Evil Never Dies podcast. He's on Facebook, uh, Twitter. YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash. Remember, smash. Smash it. Smash it with your eight paws. Um, and he's on TikTok, too. So, um, But, yes, we're getting ready to head off and do a real talk where, yes, Kyle will be the moderator today. Hopefully. If he, if, if he doesn't cop out and say, oh, I don't have power. Or, oh, my voice is gone. Can so, you hear me now? With the, oh, yeah, now he's back. He's back. Right. Right when we're but getting I ready to this, sign off. I think this eighth episode is coming to close, and that's a wrap. And Brett. cut. Cut.